0: Hello, this is Marissa Schaefer, and I'm here with Dance World Podcast. Today, we are welcoming back Dr. Alexis Sams, who is a physical therapist in Arizona, but who has a huge presence on the web and on social media as an awesome resource for the dance community. Today, she'll be joining us to talk about how to increase flexibility and mobility. Dr. Alexis received her doctorate of physical therapy from Long Island University in 2008. She has focused her efforts on providing physical therapy services to athletes of all stripes, including dancers, cheerleaders, musicians, marathon runners, and more. In 2014, she founded AZ Dance Medicine Specialists in Arizona, which provides dancers with physical therapy services, injury prevention services, performance evaluations, fitness and conditioning classes, educations and screenings, and technical programs. So as I mentioned, Today, we are going to chat about how to improve flexibility and mobility. I know we've heard a lot about how we need to just keep stretching to meet our goals, but I won't lie. As a former dancer and clinician, I've seen many dancers try and fail to reach mobility goals by continuing older methods of increasing flexibility like straight-up stretching. It's easy to chalk our inability to reach these goals up to bone structure and whatever genetic hand we've been dealt, but what if there are other things at play we need to consider? This is where Dr. Alexis comes in to help broaden our perspective and challenge our views in this arena. So I invite you to take a listen to these valuable tidbits that Dr. Alexis has to offer in episode 61. Enjoy. Buckle your seatbelts. On this episode, nutrition, life coach, dance, and performance. Psychological, psychological training. Training. And today, you are in for a treat. Hi. Hello. This is Ellie Kushner. And this, this is Marissa Schaefer from DanceWell well Podcast. Podcast. DanceWell Podcast. Hey, Alexis. Welcome back to DanceWell.
1: Hey, Marissa. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. I'm really excited to have you back on the pod, Alexis, because I think to date you might have had the most popular episode we've ever aired. Alexis spoke on our third ever episode about whether or not we should stretch something if it subjectively feels tight. So I'm excited to have her back to be riffing on a similar theme. And today we're going to talk about increasing range of motion, flexibility, and mobility. Okay, so let's start with the following question. Um, Is stretching the only way to improve your flexibility?
1: it is I think it's a good component Mm -hmm. I I think it's, it's definitely something that I recommend to my clients I think the number one way to improve flexibility is number one find out what's holding back the flexibility removing barriers to flexibility sometimes those barriers aren't just muscle, tendon, um joint restrictions Mm -hmm. um we all have that appreciation and understanding that the body's connected if you ask anybody um, they'll agree with you in saying that the body's connected but really taking that um and having an open mind to thinking about other body systems and the functioning of those other body systems uh, that could be ultimately holding back muscle mobility and general flexibility i think that would also be key um to overall achieving the flexibility goals that somebody's setting to achieve. So is stretching the only way? Definitely not, if you ask me. And if you ask any of my clients, they'll tell you the same, and that (laughs) they've gotten good results with working with stretching, but also working with a lot of other methods um, and a lot of other perspectives in terms of treatment and achieving those flexibility goals as well.
0: Awesome. So can you talk about like one or two of the barriers besides the core that, um, would hold us back from gaining and uh, achieving the flexibility and mobility that we'd like to see?
1: Sure. Um, let's see. Some of my heavy hitters that I've seen lately has been nerve tension, just actual tightness of nerve tissue. Um, it's usually from a protective mechanism. It's it's the body wanting to be safe and, and um, mm-hmm. stable in terms of how it functions and how it moves. So sometimes it creates tension in the nerve, which will um, restrict movement in a limb a arm or leg or something like that. Um, other body systems um, that can also hold back movement when they're not kind of functioning at an optimal level one of the biggest ones is actually your digestive system um strangely enough Mm -hmm. um, it's it's the body system that lies right under your core musculature um it's responsible for like our food and our nutrients it's responsible for like our fluid balance so if you can kind of um appreciate that that's a huge opportunity for safe living and you know healthy living, sure. If there's something a little wonky or a little offline. Sometimes the body goes into protective mode right there, which means mm-hmm. those muscles over the core or those core muscles, I'm sorry, the core muscles over the digestive system, mm-hmm. sometimes they don't function at 100% if the digestive system isn't functioning at 100%. They're just kind of, that whole neighborhood of your abdominal area is just kind of all wacky. Yeah. Um, and if that's wacky, sometimes the body will look for other areas to tighten up to produce stability since that abdominal area is functionally a little wacky. A lot of times that results in tight hips, tight hamstrings, mm-hmm. tight ankles, mm-hmm. knee pain. And those are all just the body's attempts to tighten up and remain safe because it knows another big area of the body is not working at 100%. and It needs to get stability and safety from somewhere else. So. Yeah, there are definitely other major body systems and other areas that factor into um, the body allowing itself to be able to move freely and give us that flexibility that we want for dance. Um,
0: that last one, the digestive system, is like super wild to me, um, but also at the same time makes perfect sense. How, like, how do you as a physical therapist screen that in or out um, and figure out how to move on from there?
1: The number one question that I ask is if you've got icky belly. Uh-huh. It's on my intake. Uh-huh. Um, and if you, if anybody listening to this podcast, if you're a dance instructor or um, <laughs> if you're a dancer yourself, think about it. If you're a dance instructor, ask how many of your students have upset stomach, mm-hmm. either when they eat or after dance. Mm-hmm. You're, you might be surprised how many of them have those symptoms. A lot of times that kind of pulls up my little PT antenna (laughs) and lets me know that there might be just something a little offline in their digestive system. And if there is, like I said, it's where we get our nutrients. It's where we get a lot of our fluid shifting and balance. If something's a little offline there, it's very easy for the core musculature right around that to go offline as well. And if core isn't stable and happy, the rest of us might not be stable and happy.
0: Right. Awesome. Thank you you know, on your, on your social media pages, which are awesome and filled with really great information, you talk about, um, the core a lot, um, in terms Mm -hmm. of mobility and flexibility. Can you, um, talk to us about what role the core, or you have found the core plays in mobility and flexibility?
1: Oh yeah. So recently I've been kind of talking to my clients about it in this way, which I think is simple and it's great and I'm loving it so our body number one our body loves us -hmm. our body loves us and our body always wants us to like succeed in life and always do the best that we can at whatever we do Um, Mm -hmm. in order to do that our body kind of prioritizes what its job and role is in terms of taking care of us um, and keeping us moving the ways that we want to so the first body priority is always safety safety first um, and that's across all of our body systems. It wants to make sure that all of our body systems are functionally or functioning, excuse me, safely because it wants us to stay alive and well. So our body's number one priority is safety. The second one is stability, literally like to keep us held together and like just moving. Um, the third priority for the body is what I call functional mobility. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the basic stuff. the range of motion that you need to like walk, Sit, stand, roll around in bed, like basic stuff. And then finally is what I call recreational mobility. That's the extra mid- mobility and the freedom of movement to, think- to do the things that we want to do. And that's the stuff like dance. The thing with the body is it has to make sure that all of those priorities are taken care of before it allows that recreational mobility. Our body wants to make sure that we're safe and that we're taken care of so that we can do the things that we want to be able to do. So how does the core play into that? Our core is a main source of our body's stability. It's kind of like our roots, like kind of like a tree trunk has roots. Our core is like the root of our body. Mm -hmm. If our core stability is not um, functioning the best that it can, our branches, like our arms and legs, or the rest of our body may not be in the best, um, we may not be giving our bodies the best opportunity to move at its best. If we don't have that strong core, that strong foundation, those strong roots, the rest of us might not be able to move as well. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: in short, yeah, the core needs to be nice and strong and stable, have a stable foundation to allow, like we want for dance, our splits, our, our arms and legs to be able to move in large ranges of motion. We have to have a firm foundation. We have to have a solid base for safety. And that's where our core comes into play.
0: Absolutely. So this kind of like ties back into the first episode that you and I recorded back a long time ago, which is like, you you mentioned that, uh, you know, the body protects itself, right? So if your Mm -hmm. core is not working, then your muscles are going to be like, yeah, no, not about to thwack my leg up there. Exactly.
1: If it knows it doesn't have a stable foundation, it is. It's going to be like, uh, I'm not feeling that we might hurt ourselves and our body will instinctively tighten up for protection. Mm -hmm. Definitely.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, so can you give us like an anecdote of someone who came in and was like i just want to get my splits and you're like okay and they you know they're like i'm stretching i'm stretching it doesn't work i don't know or something like that and then you tapped into core and how that worked and how they how they gain mobility type of thing Mm
1: -hmm. yeah sure it actually happens very frequently with um, dancers who have tight hamstrings, especially those who even have difficulties, like getting their fingertips down to the floor, Mm -hmm. like standing forward bend. Um, Dancers with tight hamstrings or dancers with tight ankles who want their foot pointing to look better. Mm -hmm. Those are the top two. um, Actually, those are some of the top two flexibility conditions that I end up working with clients in my clinic. Um, But First day, day one, when they come in the clinic, a lot of times what we end up doing is finding an area of the core that's weak, doing a simple exercise just to activate that core, that part of the core that's a little offline is what I like to call it, Mm -hmm. giving it a little bit more firing power and stability doing a little rollout or a little massage of the foot or of the hamstring. And right after that, they already see a significant gain in mobility. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like the educational opportunity or that's the the point um, for me to communicate to the client, this is the importance between core stability and flexibility. The moment we identify a weak area in the core and strengthen it, your hamstrings or your ankle muscles don't feel the need to try to tighten up for protection because it's getting its stability it's getting its foundation where it needs to be so it's able to feel safe and let go um and everybody's happy (laughs) Mm -hmm. people are touching the floor people's feet look better um so yeah if you see like on my social media you see like feet all over the place That's, that's definitely like the number one mobility issue I work with in the clinic um dancers who want to improve foot flexibility um and a lot of that comes from just tapping into core stability Mm -hmm. finding the area that's the weakest and getting that to fire a little bit better
0: absolutely and I I mean I would suggest going to um Alexis's social media pages because it's it's pretty remarkable you would be surprised so we've talked about other systems that might like hold up mobility and, and flexibility in dancers, right, um, being mm-hmm. some of the ones you mentioned, the nerve tension and the digestive system and the core and all that kind of stuff. Like, at, at what point do does stretching actually um, help us to improve our mobility?
1: Got it. That's a really good question. And, you know, the more and more I work with clients, the more I actually end up using stretching more as, like, maintenance. Mm -hmm. Not so much. Honestly, I'm finding that the the body is is more and more remarkable every day. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a sign actually in my clinic now that says um, the body never hesitates to heal when you present it with the right solution. Mm -hmm. Um, And what that means is when we tap into the area of the body, the system of the body, whatever it is that's holding that flexibility back, when we tap into that, The flexibility comes online like nobody's business. It comes back like quick. It's literally like, oh, my gosh, thank you. I've been waiting for this my whole (laughs) life. Where have you been? And it's a really quick turnaround. So in terms of um, stretching for improvement, I've actually – my perspective has actually shifted a little bit. Mm -hmm. I now actually use more stretching where I talk to my clients about stretching just for maintenance. So we've removed the flexibility barrier. We've removed what's holding you back. You've gained this mobility and flexibility. Now just do the regular things. Work on you know work on your splits gently. Um, work on your back bend gently. Continue to work in more of that dynamic kind of slow and gentle back and forth type of sure. um, pattern. But we don't have to you know sit and stretch and yank for 10 or 30 or 45 seconds or five minutes anymore Mm -hmm. we're really just working with the new mobility that we've gained and just maintaining it Mm -hmm. um so in terms of stretching um i tell my clients once we've achieved um more mobility once uh, as we're working towards the mobility goals every little bit that we gain yes before class like work into that new, new mobility settle into that split with the new mobility that we've had um, just check and make sure that the mobility that we've gained is still there right and then move on keep going it'll be there as long as the barrier stays removed and we're doing what we need to do the flexibility will be there for us
0: right absolutely yeah that was what i was thinking about is like obviously stretching in that case doesn't come alone you need to make sure that a, your your neural tension is at bay, or B, your core is functioning properly. So that's what you're talking about in terms of the barrier, correct?
1: Yes. It's more about making sure that the barriers are kept in check so that flexibility is able to be there and be available.
0: Gotcha. Um, and then in terms of, I mean, you, you talked a little bit about um, dynamic stretching just now, but what, when after you've removed the barrier to achieve um, new levels of flexibility, mobility, et cetera, um, what is like the general dosage or what are the guidelines that you give your patients? Um, Generally, I know it's always an it depends situation, but.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we love love to hear that as an answer that it depends. Sure. Um, My it depends also kind of expands into kind of embracing what the client likes to do. Mm -hmm. I get a really good sense of like what, What they like doing or what they've done previously in terms of stretching. Mm -hmm. Um, I also look at whatever like barriers, depending on what the barrier was that we found. Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes that helps to give me um, input on how I do dosing.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, In
1: general, like I mentioned um, in in the question that you just asked before, um, I continue with or I continue to recommend dynamic stretching a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm actually also a big roller. Um, I like using more of a ball roller, um, depending on the size of the client. So a little bit bigger into like a lacrosse or a tennis ball for a larger client, working down to like a little like marbled ball, um, golf ball, racquet ball for my little itty bitties Mm -hmm. (laughs) sometimes. Um, But I like to do a lot of rolling to increase flexibility and mobility of muscle tissue. Um, And then again, going back to the actual mobility movement that they're trying to gain. So if I have a dancer who's working on a split they've got core instability Um, I'll have them do their specific core muscle I'll have them roll out the area that's usually holding them back whether it's like a hamstring or a inner thigh muscle or something like that they'll roll it next Mm -hmm. and then they'll gently work into the split I don't know maybe some somewhere between that five and ten second range like I said nice and gentle go like work into it work back and forth Mm -hmm. and then we do that whole cycle again Mm. so the dosing of the stretch actually just sits in the cycle of fire up the core, release the muscle tissue that's usually tight, and then sure. work into the mobility that you're trying to gain. All nice. three of them kind of work together. Right. Um, and that's how I usually end up doing the dosing for the stretching part.
0: Awesome. It's like a, it's like a mobility superset. I like it.
1: It is. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely
0: is. Um, I'm wondering how you feel about Oversplits. Since this is like a social media fad among amongst other things, um, are they safe? Are they not safe? Is there ever a time and a place for them? Weigh in. Weigh in.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I I don't have a problem with oversplits. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do encourage my clients to do because like you said it is there's a lot of talk of it on social media I get questions about it all the time um, I get concerned parents I get students that want to put their legs behind their ears mm-hmm. you know all this good stuff um, so here's my take on it number one if it's required for what you need to accomplish in terms of your your role your dancing whatever you're doing if it's a requirement um, it's a requirement and that's right. something that you need to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do work with a handful of rhythmic gymnasts. They need an extreme amount of flexibility just for the fact that they're rhythmic gymnasts. Right. So it's not going to be practical for me to say oversplits are no or a bad for them. What I do try to um educate my clients on or what I do stand very firmly on is kind of the things that we were talking about before, Mm -hmm. making sure that those other areas or those other body priorities are satisfied. Mm -hmm. If they are, more than likely the extreme flexibility can be managed and doesn't necessarily have to directly equal to something bad or something problematic or something that we shouldn't be doing. If we're doing our best to take care of our bodies in terms of safety, stability, making sure that basic mobility is not being challenged or doesn't have a barrier, Mm -hmm. then as long as we're keeping things as safe as possible, if that's what's required or if that's a personal goal that you'd like to achieve... Mm I'd at least would like to work with you to help you safely get there. Right. Um, So no, it's not an easy answer. It's not a definitely no, but I I do think that easy answer is definitely safe, not just going blindly and
0: trying to throw
1: (laughs) like all all things all over the place. Right. You got to definitely approach it safely, and maybe that course of safety and how we achieve um, that safe method might be a little different from dancer to dancer.
0: Sure. Um, One of our other. Uh, hosts I'm the host one of our other guests um (laughs) Dan Van Racker he he said it nicely he said I think the only movement that's not good for you is the one that you're not prepared for um Mm -hmm. so um preparing for it and preparing for it intelligently (laughs) um I think is, is a good way to go yeah that's an
1: excellent perspective I love that yeah
0: me too um okay so you mentioned within that answer that you have dancers who just want to come in and put their um feet behind their ears or their legs behind their ears or whatever it is um do you think that if dancers keep working at it they're guaranteed to be as mobile as they want to be
1: that's a really good question in theory yes um again making sure that those priorities that we talked about are satisfied Mm -hmm. um I'll, I'll be honest, they're, I'm very hard-pressed to find a client that I've personally worked with mm-hmm. who has not been able to achieve their mobility goal. Mm. Once we've identified the barriers, we've removed the barriers, we're managing those barriers and making sure that they don't become actual barriers. Sure. and actually haven't really had a client not achieve the mobility goal that they're setting out to achieve. Awesome. Um, some have really high goals. Mm-hmm. Some have very you know, persistent barriers that, that needs maybe a little bit more work than others. So that's a tough question, you know. It's you know, ninety probably ninety nine percent of my answer is yes, and maybe a one percent for, you know, something that might just for whatever reason in, in somebody's body it might not work for them to achieve it one or certain type of mobility goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the vast majority, I, I would believe that, yeah, if we remove those barriers and make sure that the body's safe, um, the body wants to be able to move. Like um, I was just telling a mom the other day, you know, when you look at babies, you know, babies are born, they can put their legs over their heads. Sure can. You know, <laughs> they, can, they can stick their feet in their mouth. They can look everywhere. So we're kind of instinctively born, Mm-hmm. into mobility mm-hmm. we're we're born to be able to move sometimes barriers are created that prevent that movement
0: sure and do you think
1: so management go ahead Oh, sorry
0: <laughs> i mean do you think that's true even for um you know extreme ranges of motion like i'm thinking of for i'm i guess i'm I, like an extreme example is coming into my head which is like um let's say there's a mid-30s to 40s year old woman you know um, who decided that she wants to now become, now start dancing and wants to be able to achieve the splits and work within, you know, let's say 180 degree splits in front and side, et cetera. Um, do you think that's possible for her too if we unlock all of her barriers?
1: I don't see why not. Okay. I definitely don't see why not. Cool. It, it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't definitely tell that hypothetical person number one, I wouldn't tell them not to try, definitely try. Sure, sure, I would say definitely be open to where the barriers to the mobility may be. Mm-hmm. Um, it more than likely is not going to just be, um, muscle joint tendon. There's probably, like I was mentioning earlier, going to be other body systems that might be barriers as well. So as long as there's an open mind to identifying what those barriers are, um, no, I, I wouldn't just say just because somebody is, either older or has a certain body size or body type or has never danced or has maybe only done one type of dance and not another, I would um, be, really be hard-pressed to say, no, you can't achieve that that split or that flexibility goal just because of those simple things.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And, and I love that you, I feel like, are offering up a bit of a paradigm shift for the dance community, which is super, I think, aka... Don't just sit in the splits for a couple thousand minutes and then hope that you will get there one day. Um, so for dancers embarking on a journey of increasing their, mobi- their mobility, um, are there steps that they can start to take on their own? Do you suggest that they go speak with somebody first? Like, how do they get started?
1: I think the – uh, well, there's uh, – I always say safety first. Sure. So the safest, safest, safest way is always to work with a dance medicine specialist Mm -hmm, first. mm -hmm. Um, I know at my, like in my Phoenix clinic, we do um, free, like, discovery sessions just to have somebody come in and just kind of, like, have me take a look at them Mm -hmm. um, to make sure that there aren't any huge outlandish barriers that... Um, might hold them back that they would need guidance for. Mm-hmm. I think that's always the safest approach. Um, aside from that, my number one recommendation or my number one go-to would be make sure that that core is locked and loaded and stable. It's number two on that body's priority list, mm-hmm. stability.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: So if you're open or if you are working on core stability and core strengthening, I think that going in hand in hand with whatever mobility goals that you're trying to achieve is going to be a better bet than like we were talking about just sitting in a split (laughs) or, (laughs) you know, working, working with a a stretcher and and that's it. We've got to satisfy, you know, those, those priorities that we were talking about earlier so that the body grants that and allows that recreational (laughs) mobility that we're trying to get. Um, It's one of the reasons that I do, like, if you um, see my, like, YouTube channel or on my Instagram or anything like that, I do have... Um, some demonstration videos of just simple ways to improve basic mobility and basic flexibility, and a lot of them have to do with activating the core Mm -hmm. in certain types of ways, the Mm -hmm. ways that most people have (laughs) barriers and most people have restrictions. Um, So there are some things that people can get started on independently. I think bigger goals, um, achieving a split when you've never had one, or trying to get to an end range of motion that's uh, that oversplit or that's a little bit more excessive. I think the safest option would be to work with a dance medicine specialist just to make sure that you don't harm yourself in the process.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Great. Alexis, you've covered a lot of really great stuff. Uh, Is there anything else that you think I'm, I'm missing in terms of the general theme of improving and maintaining mobility and flexibility that I've missed?
1: off the top of my head. I think I would, if I could, I just kind of just like to reiterate the fact that keeping an open mind to where the barriers holding back flexibility might lie Mm -hmm. is really key Mm -hmm. in helping, um, a dancer achieve that overall flexibility goal. Um, like I said, definitely like the muscle tendon and, and joint tissue might be problematic. That's obviously where you're feeling the restriction, but that may not be the only place where the solution lies. Um, And I think ultimately achieving flexibility goals and achieving them quickly, Achieving them quickly Mm -hmm. and safely, Mm because nobody wants to work on trying to get their split for years and years and years, you know? Um, But the key, I think, to really getting those results quickly and safely is having an open mind as to what might be holding the flexibility back Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and being open to working through those approaches, incorporating stretching, but also incorporating other things. Um, that might be barriers to holding back mobility. Um, anything else? I feel like we covered a lot. Yeah, we did. Um, You're... yeah, there's, there's so much in terms of the body being connected and, and achieving flexibility. I could talk about it all day long, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think we covered a, a good amount of stuff. So, For anybody listening, I hope you enjoyed what we had to say. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. And I would say, um, if for any of you dancers who are like, what? Not just stretching? Um, And are having trouble wrapping your mind around that. um, Or if you are not having trouble, either one. If you're anyone, you should go to um, Alexis's social media um, pages because they are super informative and really helpful. Great resource in the dance community. So um, would you mind sharing that information with us?
1: Oh, yeah, sure. So, my username for most of my social media is just AZ Dance Med, all one word. Um, AZ Dance Med is my Instagram username. It is um, facebook.com slash AZ Dance Med for my Facebook page. It's my Twitter username as well. Um, my YouTube channel is my full business name. It's AZ Dance Medicine Specialist. But those are the four major outlets that you'll see a lot of my. Um, educational tips um, my client stories so if you're interested in seeing like how I actually apply these these concepts of removing barriers for flexibility it's all there um, my YouTube channel I'm updating it all the time um, with exercises and tips. Um, in that video form, so you can start looking at things and working on things yourself. Um, and if you hit a brick wall or if you run into any barriers you can't overcome, um, you can definitely reach out to me. Um, my email is just dralexis at azdancemed.com. So um, I'm always available for any questions or concerns, anything. I am here for all of you guys.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. And for any of you who didn't catch that, um, info will be in the show notes so you can look in the description below. Um, Alexis, thank you so, so much again for joining us. This was a really awesome
1: episode. No, thank you so, so much, Marissa. I always enjoy chatting with you. I hope we get to do it again in the future. We can talk about flexibility. We can talk about whatever. But, yeah, I had a great time. So, thanks.
0: Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. On behalf of Ellie and myself, I, Marissa Schaefer, want to say thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on this episode of DanceWell Podcast. Our intro soundscape was composed by the dynamic duo, Brendan Berry and Dylan Ezzi and dancer designer, Katie Dean crafted our visual image. To those of you who have made this season possible by contributing to DanceWell, we are infinitely grateful. We wouldn't be where we are without you. Your donations help us to pay for SoundCloud membership, website fees and upgrades and our recording technology. If you too would like to make a contribution to DanceWell, please follow the link in the description of this podcast to visit our GoFundMe page. We thank you in advance for your support. And lastly, if you like what you hear, we invite you to go to iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud and search Dancewell Podcast to subscribe. You can also view all of our episodes and learn more about this podcast by visiting our website at www.dancewellpodcast.com. If you have questions or want to get in touch, email us at dancewellpodcastgmail.com. At Bye.